11. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Joining me as always, Zach Bartles. Zach, what's going on, man? Hey, man. Snow day number seven today. Now, let me ask you, is it like full all-out snow day where nobody's going anywhere or doing anything? Um, well, I mean, today I went across the state, but, uh, you know, it was pretty nasty out. I took one step on my front door and I went down. It was an ice day, really. Not gotcha. A snow day. Gotcha. School's canceled over there? Oh, yeah. yeah. School's been canceled. It's like, well, I, don't, I don't even know if my kid remembers his teachers or his classmates <laughs> or anything. It's... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I remember those days. <laughs> uh, thankfully, we uh, we haven't had any more horrible weather at this point. It looks like next week we might be getting a couple days. Um, but after we kind of braved that cold weather last week, things uh, things actually warmed up quite a bit. We uh, we experienced weather in the sixties on Tuesday, so nice. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't too bad, not too shabby at all. Um, excited about what we're going to be talking about today, as I always am. Um, but first, we do have two sponsors to uh, to bring about. One is, of course, Mission Aware. Um, Zach, I got to ask you: Have you heard anything from our uh, boy Jeff over there? Dude, no, uh, Jeff's dead to me. Okay. I still don't have my busts. Um, I don't know what's going on. I think uh, one of these days, he and I are going to be, you know, in the middle of the street. It's going to be. Wind, some some uh, tumbleweeds, little mouth harp music in the background, and we're gonna have to have this thing out. Yeah, it's coming, man. It's coming. And then he's gonna like pull out a tennis ball and whack it at me with a tennis racket. That that's a reference to it. A whole like backstory for Jeff that me and Ted Cluck put together one day. Nice. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, or, you know, you're just going to end up at another conference with him and he's just going to have like a bunch of stuff on there and just give it to you and then I'll be forgiven for, you know, a month. That will work if the stuff that he has is two busts, (laughs) one of Calvin and one of Spurgeon. (laughs) Nice, nice. All right, well, definitely check out Mission Aware. We are recording right now. It is uh, February 7th, uh, which means next Thursday, February 14th, is Valentine's Day. Um, You know, I was still looking at some things that um, I might pull from Mission Aware, so I might just – you know, go to my wife and be like, "Hey, how about uh, how about something off Mission Aware's site?" I do. Um, you know, it, it is like pulling teeth to try to get a hold of them. I still like their products, though. I mean, it's you know, it's kind of like Starbucks almost. You know, um, are you a Starbucks person? No. Oh, you're not. See, I'm really not, except for the fact that I enjoy their iced tea lemonades, um, and so I, I like going there to get one of those. And I, I really don't like the Starbucks atmosphere, but I just can't stay away because I, I really enjoy that drink. So, um, you know, I just really, really enjoy, uh, getting over to mission aware, looking at all the products that they have, you know, there's always something new going on. So check out mission aware, pick something up for Valentine's day, the one you love or the one you don't love. And, uh, and it'll be great. Um, excited about this next sponsor too. Um, we have, um, building hope ministries. You can go to their website, buildinghopenow.org. That's buildinghopenow.org and check them out. Um, they are, uh, a friend of mine, Mike Callahan. He is a coworker of mine at school, uh, developed this ministry back in 2007. He's going to be joining the podcast in two weeks, February 21st. And he's going to be on talking about their fivefold ministry that includes church construction, food for children with HIV and AIDS, uh, children. Wow. They provide um, child, uh, stuff for children um, for educational needs, school supplies, uniforms, things like that. Uh, they build wells for uh, drinking water over there, and then they also provide clothes for uh, widows. So. Mike Callahan is going to be joining us in two weeks to talk about his ministry and the things that are going on there. Um, And we'll be putting out some different information on them. I actually was just kind of looking around their website. I was looking around um, the internet as well, just seeing what else was available. They got a cool YouTube video, about a five-minute YouTube video from 2014 that actually describes their ministry fairly well and accurately. So um, check out buildinghopenow.org. Um, so Zach, uh, this past Sunday was the Super Bowl, 
and I was uh, excited. This is one that I enjoy doing every year is the Super Bowl episode and I texted you and you were like, uh, yeah, man, I didn't watch it. Um, so <laughs> I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll sit there and talk and if you have any questions or anything like that, we can talk about that. But we actually do have a topic connected with the Super Bowl. And I'm gonna, not going to have any questions about the Super Bowl. I can tell you already, <laughs> right off the bat. <laughs> well, and I and I would think not, dude. It was uh, first of all, it was the lowest scoring Super Bowl Super Bowl game in history. Um, so it broke that record, not in a good way. Um, it was a very dull and boring game. Uh, it was basically. Um, 3-0 up until I think the second half and then after the second half it was 3-3 and then finally things picked up a little bit in the fourth or the fourth quarter to bring it to I think it was 13-3 so it was not a terribly exciting game Uh, I grew up in New England I've mentioned that on this podcast before if I'm going to root for any football team it would be the Patriots Although I'm not a huge sports fan in general, and I, I just I was disappointed. This is usually the one game a year that I enjoy watching. You know, this is the sixth uh, Super Bowl championship for the Patriots, and it was just uh, it was incredibly boring. I, I you did not miss anything, and unfortunately too, the the commercials sometimes can you know redeem the thing you're like okay well if i'm not going to get a good super bowl at least i'll get some good commercials horrible absolutely horrible now let me ask you coming out of the super bowl was the new uh avengers trailer as well as another captain marvel trailer have you seen either of those i did see the avengers one i think i saw that during the super bowl actually um on twitter Oh, okay. So you were you were able to pull that up. Um, it was funny because I was watching with a group of people, and I, again, it's just it's another teaser trailer. They're not really showing you much, and everyone was started to get excited. They realized it was a teaser, and then they were like, "Really? That's that's it?" I said, "Yeah, but you know, the great news is you're going to go online tomorrow and find three hours worth of commentary on this one little teaser trailer. So you know, it's it's kind of the gift that keeps on giving." Um, but really, other than some of the, the trailers that were coming out, there weren't any uh, notable commercials. Um, there wasn't a notable game. It was, um, I will say, it was enjoyable to get together with people, um, have a good time of fellowship. I go to a buddy's house every year, and he invites his church um, friends and family over to, to watch the game. And so that's always enjoyable, always good conversations, good food. Um, so that was, you know, an upside, but nothing really notable at all. Um, but on that comes the heels of our topic, and that is leading up to it, kind of that Saturday and then into the Sunday, uh, I was seeing some memes coming from uh, our lovely Reformed community, and, you know, there was a lot of uh, shaming of people, I guess, as it were, who were intending on skipping church that night and uh, watching the Super Bowl game. And, um, Zach, I, I just, you know, thoughts and uh, views on uh, people just in general, you know, if they're going to skip Sunday night church to watch the Super Bowl game and then um, on shaming people to do it. Well, I mean, we don't have a Sunday night service, so... Uh that's no problem at my <laughs> church. I do have a, a men's group meets every first and third win, uh, Sunday evening of the month. Yeah. And uh, I actually texted them all earlier that week. And, uh, well, let me just be kind of authentic, which is one of these buzzwords that we were talking about. <laughs> right. Um, and I told them, uh, listen, I'm going to have to be doing uh, a really unpleasant uh, preparation for a certain uh, – uh, test medical test that older guys get uh-huh. um, that involves uh, looking deep within and uh, making sure everything is wonderful, and uh, so you don't have to th- decide between Jesus and the Super Bowl. You can, you know, we'll we'll just forego having our meeting this this time, and you can all watch the Super Bowl. 
And uh, a couple guys texted me later, and they were like, I think I would rather be doing what you're doing right now than <laughs> watching the Super Bowl. <laughs> but honestly, I think probably even if I hadn't had uh, set that up uh, six months ago before we before we started this meeting schedule, I would have just you know, straw-pulled them. Yeah. If there were two or three guys who still wanted to get together, I would have said, okay, if all you know, 11 guys or whatever that, that have uh, been part of that group said, sorry, I'm either hosting a Super Bowl party or I got to go to one. Yeah. I definitely wouldn't have tried to make them feel less spiritual for it or, yeah. um, you know, I mean, and it's not even, I, I've got no interest in it, mm-hmm. but I get it. I mean, it's this rare thing. It's a, it's a communal thing. I feel like um, if a church is going to do everything it can to cut people off from those sort of opportunities to, to interact with non-Christians and Christians alike and, and be a part of their community and their neighborhood and, and, and their friend groups. Um, they're, they're just, they're flirting with cult territory. Really? Yeah. I mean, uh, where you start, it's like, like I remember, um, going th- over some stuff when I was, uh, doing some training, we were, we were, we were doing some, uh, training before, uh, a new group of people went to work in the nursery at a, another, um, church that I uh, worked with, and we had these materials uh, from our insurance company and from a ministry. Basically, it was it was called the Good Shepherd Program. It was all about uh, making sure that that kids are not in any way exposed to predators, and that the churches are very intentional about all this stuff. And I remember one of the things was um, if if any adult is possessive about your child, that should be a huge red flag. Like, mm-hmm. if an adult's like, oh, I love your kid, they're so cool, they're so funny, I like it when I get to watch it. But if they're weirdly possessive, if they're like, you're mine, right. that's, that's a red flag. You know, no matter what, that's a red flag, yeah. no matter what they're doing or not doing. Yeah. And, and I feel like with churches, it's sort of the same thing. Yeah. If the church is like, no, no, on Sunday night, I own you, <laughs> um, you know, maybe it's time to reevaluate whether uh, this is a little bit weird of a relationship. Yeah, uh, I I don't have any interest in belonging to or pastoring that kind of a, a congregation. Yeah, yeah, no, and I mean, I obviously I think um, you know, despite our uh, disagreement last month, um, you know, this is something that I I really you know I, I resonate with oh, you. I forgot on. about that, dude. You're such a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing that back up again. <laughs> Water under the bridge, man. Water under the bridge. Um, no, I mean, I, you know, I just, I look at it in kind of the same vein as like, um, you know, Halloween or 4th of July or, you know, Christmas or something like these big kind of defining moments that just as a society, we have an opportunity to go out and, and be the church in the world. And, and we don't even have to go out. People are willing to come to us and, um, enjoy a time of fellowship. You know, one of the things that I appreciate about this party that I go to every year is um, there are believers and unbelievers there. It's it's not just um, his church friends and family, but there are also others that come to this. Um, and, you know, it, it, it really is a time where people get together and, you know, they're, they're hating on the Patriots or, you know, they're loving on them and, you know, you're just in a good way going back and forth and you're able to have uh, some great, meaningful conversations with people. And this year, the guy did something a little different, which was cool. During halftime, um, he, you know, grabbed a bunch of guys and they went out on the back porch and, you know, were smoking some cigars. I mean, it was uh, a nice enough night. The weather had, um, you know, subsided at that point. So it was you know, kind of uh, low 50s, low to mid 50s. And so, you know, for um, kind of that second half of the game, uh, they were just out hanging out, having a good time. Um, my wife and I ended up leaving a little earlier, else I would have joined them. But, you know, I mean, and it's just, it's a great time to talk and hang out um, and really have an influence on people even if you're not directly, you know, pounding them over the head with Jesus in the Bible, you know, people come in, they see, wow, you know, Christians are having a good time. They're rooting for their teams just like I am. And, you know, I really like these people. And, you know, you make it difficult for them to, you know, not like you. 
And and to me, now, as, hold on though, uh-huh. dude. It, I I was assuming that we were talking about a real spiritual Super Bowl party where you play the Billy Graham video at halftime <laughs> and everything. If you're just talking about frivolous, worldly um, merrymaking, then no, of course I'm against it. Uh, well, the good news is no one broke out the keg. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, to me, that's just an opportunity where, you know, we talked about hosting Halloween parties, going out trick-or-treating, you know, like things that Halloween affords Christians. And so I think clearly if your, you know, conscience is, you know, bound in some way, you know, we, we don't want to bind anyone's conscience, you know. So if you feel like, well, my church is, you know, they're having a service and I really, I feel like I should be there as opposed to Super Bowl. I, I, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people who are railing against other people for making a decision that this is what I'm going to do instead of going to church. And I think there's, you know, a lot of value in that. And, and we should, um, as uh, you know, the body of Christ, be more willing to, you know, um, first of all, give one another grace in the decisions that we make, but two, you know, see, is there something we can do to, um, you know, support that even, you know, even if we want to, you know, some churches, and, and I do know some churches who were like, we're going to cancel service, but we're, we're going to host our own Super Bowl party. So invite your friends and family. We're going to have <laughs> careful wings, pizza, all that stuff. Um, but then there were other churches who were like, well, we're going to have church service, but our service is going to end at 630 and it's going to be just in time for the kickoff and all that stuff. So, you know, as soon as service is done, hang around. We've got the game going on and enjoy, you know, so like I feel like there's a lot of different opportunities here that um, wherever on the fence you lie, you can get into. Dude, all the things you just described, though, are opportunities to get into enormous trouble if you're a church. <laughs> uh, it, it literally is almost impossible for any church to host a Super Bowl party, have viewing of the Super Bowl on the premises, anything like that, without uh, breaking the law and, and, and even without getting the attention of the people who will uh, report you and come after you. I mean, they've been so nasty. There's so many examples yeah. uh, in the news over the past decade or so. Um, you know, it's, it, there, there's, I don't think any church could afford the fees that it would require if, if there is even a mechanism anymore for like showing this thing even so, so what, what churches have wound up doing is these kind of like funny play loophole, you know, letter of the law things where they're like, okay, well, um, we're going to be having a church service at Bob's house, uh, at, at, uh. You know, uh, <laughs> at five o'clock, yeah. Some, sometime between this point and this point, and uh, if you uh, also are already at Bob's house, uh, you know, you'll notice that there's a Super Bowl party that Bob is having personally. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, clearly, I'm not. You know, I, I'm not advoc- advocating for anything illegal, but um, you know, I mean, there, you know, there are definitely churches out there that you know have the money and could could do something like that, but um, you know, it, it's just. It's being open to, you know, saying what can we do to encourage people to, you know, again, this is one of the times of the year where people would willingly show up to something like this um, without, you know, question for, you know, um, oh, I'm I'm in church, you know, like I'm hanging around believers and, you know, having a good time. And and to me, that's a really cool thing when when unbelievers are able to look at Christians and say, you know what, I really like this person. Um, I, I think they're fun to be around with. I enjoy them. I think they're intelligent. They, you know, make a lot of sense. The only thing that really kind of rubs me the wrong way is this Jesus thing. Um, and to me, like that's, you know, the epitome of what Paul talks about with the offense of the gospel is that, you know, we we want to make sure that our, our lives are, you know, lived in such a biblical way that people are able to look at us and just see, you know, unbelievers like there's this weird dichotomy where, you know, Christ drew unbelievers to himself. He had to have been a likable person. People had to have enjoyed being with him and enjoyed being around him. But of course, he was still, you know, he was still the son of God. And so, you know, being able to have that type of personality where, you know, the only offense that we're putting before people is the gospel, um, you know, to me is, is worth it. 
Um, but, you know, that's my thought and two cents on it. Okay. I, I, I think we're in uh, absolute agreement. It, it reminds me of things like um, the, the whole issue with uh, you know, Christmas services and whether you're allowed to cancel it, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, whether we want to be viewed by the world as these kind of joyless, uh, uh, puritanical, and I'm using that in the world sense. Right, right. Um, oh, and also in the, in the historical sense, because they sure hated Christmas. Right. Um, you know, kind of people, or you know, the kind of people that are that are mocked on Arrested Development when, right. when he accidentally winds up with Anne's family, or um, you know, the Onion article from more than a decade ago, like Christmas ruined by religious relative, and we don't want to be that. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, though, I mean, if it's memes we're talking about, we need to make sure we we don't have a thin skin. I mean, we can bust balls and be busted, you know, alike. Right. Um, lately, you know, the whole country has been getting more and more whiny and thin-skinned and pathetic. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing about, you know, like some of the edgiest comedians now being like, oh, I'm so sorry I told a joke. And yeah. I don't want to see the church falling through, you know, along with this where we're just constantly like, oh, wait, hold, how dare you say something funny about skipping church for a, a Super Bowl. I mean, you can tell. I don't know which what things you saw. You can tell if it's if it's friendly, right. semi-friendly, right. Uh, or really meant to be this kind of condemnation. Right. Uh, so if it's memes we're talking about, I, I mean, no harm, no foul. Who cares? It, it, it's, it's the Super Bowl, so it's not important to begin with. Yeah. If it's a meme about whether or not you went to Sunday, Sunday night service or watched football, eh, eh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Well, and I think you hit it on the head. You know, it's it's you know, it has a lot to do with, you know, the person and the personality knowing knowing that person and, you know, what their intent is in it. So, yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, So let's uh, let's kind of shift gears here uh, because we still have a lot of time to fill on this thing and we haven't done them for a while. So I feel like, you know, we kind of need to make up for it. Did you watch any of the State of the Union address? No. Oh. That is fake news. <laughs> Darn it, neither did I. <laughs> I heard sound clips the next day. Nah. Yeah. I don't care. I, I, I've, you know what? I, I, I just, for years, um, would, would covet Ted Cluck whenever I would bring things like this up and he would, and he wouldn't like, disdainfully say, I don't care about that. He would literally honestly be able to say, I'm not really a politics guy. I don't really, I don't care. And, and, and he'd be so unaffected by all these things that had me all worked up, you know, and in the last couple of years, I don't know what changed in the last couple. Oh, yes, I do. Um, I have found myself just so, so easily uh, going, you know, a week at a time without thinking about this kind of stuff. I don't have, I don't have the first desire to begin to watch the State of the Union address. Yeah. I, I occasionally will pop in on Drudge or um, there's like a Drudge-ish thing that Adam Ford does. Um, after he sold the Babylon Bee, he started this thing called the Daily Christian Observer. Okay. Observer. Um, and it, it always depresses me. It's just like everything happening right now is depressing. Yeah. Um, and yet, even if I read about it, I can't change it and it'll depress me. If I don't read about it, I don't know what's going on, and so I'm still not changing it, but I'm not depressed. Right. Uh, and I'm in a better frame of mind to minister to the people that I actually can affect. Yeah. So forget it. I'm just I, – I have I have very little interest in it these days. Yeah. Uh, I, I do know, you know, that there was, gonna, there was a shutdown. There's possibly going to be another shutdown here shortly. Uh, I know what it's about. I mean I, I'm not like oblivious to what's going on. Yeah. I'm just – I've finally, I don't know if it's a maturity thing, a, a, a exhausting, you know, my ability to care and, and coming up empty, you know, yeah. or, or what it is, but I finally am just not, not rev- tied up in knots about it. And, and like on, I, I always, um, copy over all of my favorite places like manually yep. uh, when I change computers. So when I uh, would open the Drudge Report, which, I mean, people think of as this right-wing news source. It's not even a news source. It's a news aggregator. So, right. you know, I mean, they, they choose things that fit their their uh, grid. But, I mean, it's 
links to the New York Times and all these things. But when I bring it up, it says Drudge Report 2000 at the top. <laughs> <laughs> That's how long I've been doing it. That's almost 20 years. And uh, j- just recently, I've, I've not had any sense of like, I got to and, and, and I've really been weeding it out of my Facebook feed and stuff, too. I, I, I feel like, you know, like people talk about like a cleanse. And yeah. they have this idea in their mind that by eating weird things or not eating normal things or, you know, whatever it is they're doing, uh, drinking strawberry juice, you know, exclusively for 93 days or something, they're cleansing their body. Right, right. Um, and, and they feel good even though that, that really that doesn't do anything for you. Um, I feel like not being obsessively following any of the po- political stuff is just – it's a soul cleanse, man. It feels great. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, did you intentionally avoid it, or did you just happen to be busy, or you didn't catch it? I happen to be busy. Um, so Tuesday nights we host, we hold our youth group night um, at church, and so you know I was just I was busy at youth group, and I came home, and my wife, uh, my wife had their state of the school address. So every year their school does an address to the parents, and it happened to fall on the state of the union night. So she was out, I was out. She got home a little before I did. She said, you know, I put it on the first, I don't know, 10 or so minutes and was just like, eh, I'm, I'm, I'm done. There's nothing, you know, it, it is what it is, you know? Um, so she, I, I got home and she was watching, I think like some Hallmark murder and mystery movie thing on the Hallmark <laughs> channel. Anyway. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> So she was doing that, and I mean, she did. She 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 asked if uh, if I wanted to uh, to watch it, and I was just like, no, nah, I you know I have no desire to. I'm sure I'll hear hear all about it in the morning when I go to school and uh, get reports from there. Um, ironically, though, there was uh, there was nothing that happened at school. Nobody was really talking about it. Uh, I didn't hear any big buzz off of it or anything like that. So um, yeah, I. I'm kind of with you, Zach. Um, I think, I think it was around when um, President Obama was elected the second term. Um, I remember the first term um, being, you know, more kind of hot-blooded and you know willing to argue and debate and really get into things. Um, and I started seeing myself getting that way when he was elected the second time around. And I was just like, you know what? I, I just can't stand myself like this. Um, I, you know, for me, it was, I, I was, um, becoming more associated with people who, um, had more liberal tendencies in terms of their, uh, voting. And I, I just, I was like, you know, the my ability to talk to these people is just – it's diminishing more and more. And I would rather be able to – again, if I'm going to offend somebody with something, I'd rather do it with the gospel than with a political statement. Um, and so I really spent a lot of time just working on not letting issues – um, political issues bother me. And I, I want to make sure that I'm very clear. I do not think abortion is a political issue. I think it's a biblical moral issue. And so I do get invested into that one if someone brings up abortion. Um, but things like taxes and tax reform and um, things like that to me, I, I really, you know, Taxes are going to get raised. They're going to get lowered. It's not going to change the fact that God tells me to pay them. And so, you know, what's the point in getting all hot-headed over whether somebody thinks we should raise or lower taxes? Um, and I found that my ability to speak with people across the board dramatically changed. Um, so much so, I just last week had a conversation with a woman about our podcast. I was doing a moving up night at school. It's an opportunity where students can come in and parents can come in and just look at what they're going to be doing in next year's setting and curriculum, uh, meet next year's teachers and, you know, just get a feel for what the next year is going to be. And I was there 
And I had a parent come up to me because I do the podcasting elective for middle school, and she was like, "Oh, you you have a pod? You, you teach the podcast class? Yep. Do you have a podcast?" I said, "I do." And you know, explained a little bit about um, you know what we do on these go to eleven, and you know, said we we just kind of talk about life and and things from a Christian perspective, but we we look at you know all sorts of different topics. It's not just limited to you know the Bible. Um, we also you know we'll talk about comic books and movies and you know all sorts of different things. And I said you know we've we've talked with uh, we've talked politics a little bit and. Uh, she kind of just perked her ears up a little bit, and she was like, "Now let me ask you a question. You know, what do you think about the evangelical community backing Trump?" <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> I just chuckled a little bit, and I said, "You know, honestly, I don't, I don't know why the, you know, when we think of the, you know, the the evangelical community and the voices of the evangelical community as it's thought of in America." why they really have to put an official quote-unquote endorsement behind anyone. Um, Just put out information about what platform the candidates are running on, put out the facts about the candidates, and just, you know, tell people, hey, this is your vote. Use your conscience. You know, let God guide you in who you think you should vote for and move on. Um... You know, I think, unfortunately, um, that burned a lot of bridges for people when support was thrown behind Trump instead of, you know, doing what I just talked about. Um, What are your thoughts on that, Zach? Agree. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, You're like, dude. I'm not talking about this at all. Move on. <laughs> I, I will say this: um, the the abortion issue. I, when, when you mentioned that, all of a sudden I, I was like, you know what? I haven't been um, silent on this stuff on social media. My social media has been all abortion nonstop now for like two and a half right. to three weeks because right. of crap that's going on. Right. And uh, I, I, it occurred to me at one point, I'm like, man, I must seem shrill to certain people. I really don't care, though. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's not something that, that's going to bother me. Right. Uh, but, like, that, I, I agree I, that it's a different – that's a, that's it's a whole quantitatively, qualitatively different thing from, you know, this, this new freshman congresswoman – Thinks that we can, you know, borrow fourteen trillion dollars and rebuild every building in America and put high speed trains in, and and you know, like, it's like okay, that's not going to happen. So right. why are we yelling at each other about it? Right. You know, yeah, yes, she's stupid. Yes, this is all ridiculous. But shouting about it is just—it's sport. Yeah. And what's the point of it? It's a—it's a dumb sport. I mean, like at least, at least the. Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. The the process of getting there is fun, right? <laughs> there, and I know people for whom politics is like their their Super Bowl, you know. Yeah. And yeah, if this was the worst Super Bowl ever, I feel like politics is always the worst game ever. You know, it's never, <laughs> yeah. it's never a good one. Once in a while, like when. When, like, the New York Times breaks the blue dress or whatever, you're like, holy crap, that happened. Right. I mean, even that's depressing, but there's, like, there's a certain amount of, like, wow, this is a big deal, and we're all discussing it, and we're all... Uh, but most of the time, it's just taking nothing and in, in filling time, filling our lives with it. Yeah, yeah. And, and I say that like I'm like I'm above it, but I'm not, like... I have to intentionally avoid it. Right. I I uh, I find outrage to be a very satisfying drug. Um, you yeah. know, like like the kind of righteous indignation. And I follow enough people who also do, where mm-hmm. it's easy to think that that's normal and that's what Christians ought to be doing right now. Yeah. You know, like I have a number of pastors on my Facebook feed who every day. 
they repost articles about you know how the world's going to hell in a handbasket and it, like comment on how this isn't you know the way God wants things to be. And it's like, well, doy. <laughs> it hasn't but, been that way since uh, since the garden. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like I mean, it, 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 am I at some point? If I add up the amount of time I've spent whining about the way things are going in a given year mm-hmm. and ask myself if I had taken that amount of time to actually make a difference in someone's life. Uh, and, and so I guess the question comes up is, you know, just as like the Super Bowl, you could say someone who watches, I, I think you can, I'm going to go like four digressions deep, but I'm going to come back out. I'm following myself. Right. Um, it, you, you can make a case for the guy who watches every single NFL game is wasting a bunch of time and it's bad stewardship because there are so many combined hours. Yeah, yeah. But the guy who has his team and he watches all of their games is relaxing, is is doing what humans do, right? right. He's enjoying right. himself. There's nothing wrong with it. Right. Um, and, and so in the same way, you have to ask the question like, is there a legitimate entertainment value to just being like the news guy, the news junkie, the political guy? Maybe mm-hmm. if it doesn't poison your soul. Yeah. Um, you have to know yourself. You know, just in the same way, like you can, I, I can go to the Indian casinos around here. Yeah, I can bring fifty bucks, convert it into half dollars and quarters, and then as the night goes on, what's left into nickels. Yeah, and I can spend six hours and have a ball. Yeah, and yeah. I know I'm fine. I'm not worried. I'm going to get out a credit card and start getting advances. I'm not worried about my life. But there are people for whom that would be very toxic for them to start doing. Yeah. And, and in the same way, I feel like for me, I can't just say, all right, let me get out the news and have a little fun with it and enjoy it. No, I'm going to be getting out the credit cards and I'm going to be, you know, in hock for $300,000 and my house is going to be remortgaged six times to push the, the metaphor. Right, right. Because I. I'll get outraged and and I'll get you, dude. I will even do what I know is the most foolish thing in the world, and that is engage the comments. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> such a rookie move, and yet I'll do it. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. It it sucks you in so deep and so bad. So let me ask you this, Zach. At what level? Do you separate or how do you separate or can you even answer this question once I get to it? Do you, <laughs> <laughs> or can you even get to it? That's right. <laughs> At what level do you separate legitimate politics and being involved and informed and wanting to make good decisions and, and, and I'll just leave it generic like this. Make good decisions based on your conscience and, and where you believe you should be voting versus getting sucked into the sport and entertainment of politics. Well, but what I'm saying is that it's not even necessarily wrong to get into the entertainment of it. Like, no, no, I, 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 I'm more specifically talking about you, uh, yeah, your me, personality, okay. you know, okay. like, yeah. I'm just I'm more talking about your personality, mm-hmm. um, you know, for the listeners out out there who are thinking, yeah, that's that's me, you know. Well, it's not hard for me to stay. It's it's hard for me to be less informed. Like there's there's no danger of me not knowing what's going on. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, when I say I have been avoiding news, I listen to um, talk radio all the time, not like Rush Limbaugh and stuff. I used to do that. It just made me too angry. Right. So ironically, I listen to NPR, even though I'm a conservative. Mm-hmm. And it makes me sort of angry right? <laughs> because I disagree with a lot of the, the point of views they're pushing and the worldview they're pushing, but but it's not designed to piss me off. Right. You know, um, like yesterday, there was here, – here's a microcosm. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, a guy I know – I live in the capital city of Michigan, so there are people who are, are very um, involved in state politics uh, and there are a lot of people who – you know, politics is really kind of fun stuff for them. Mm-hmm. So there's a guy that I'm friends with on, on, on Facebook. He posted something about Elizabeth Warren. Uh, they had come out with this document that years ago she had written down American Indian as her race. And he said, this is going to tank her uh, chances at being the president. Thoughts, question mark. Mm-hmm. And like four or five people that were friends with him jumped in. And they were like analyzing it. Like, well, that's interesting. But remember... 
Um, you know, some people thought that so and so was done when a similar thing happened, and then there was enough time that passed, and the electorate forgets, and and it was just like this nerdy, like how you and I might talk about Green Arrow or something. Sure, they were talking about it, it was just they're supposed to fun, and then some like rando guy with like the bald eagle, you know, profile picture, you know, bald eagle holding an AK forty seven or right. something America. comes in, and he's just all he wants to do is be angry and, and rage about it. Yeah. And he killed it. Yeah. He, and I don't mean he killed it when you say, wow, that guy, he went in there and did a great job. He killed it. No, I mean yeah. he killed the conversation. Right. He said one thing and like it sucked the fun. It sucked anyone's will to keep on engaging except for a couple of people just as rabid on the liberal side who like engaged him. And, and it just hide, it just churned the whole thing into this is no longer, hey, let's talk about this. It's, hey, let's fight about this. Yeah. I think that for me personally, I don't mind, um, you know, when I read about quote unquote fourth trimester, well, when I read about, you know, any form of abortion, I right, get right. angry. And I, yeah. and I never want to lose that. I never want to be like, eh, killing babies, that's okay. Right. I, I don't mind that when I read about uh, the the bill that almost passed where, you know, the, the governor – of Virginia, who's now all mired in controversy, he said, oh, yeah, well, you know, if the baby is born and survives, you know, they, they'll just put it on ice, you know, make it comfortable, you know, I don't mean on ice, literally. Right, right. And, and yeah. then they'll have, quote unquote, the conversation. That made me first almost throw up, yeah. second feel like, I, I mean, I, I really, really had to struggle with what do I do with the with the anger and rage I'm feeling, and I'm cool with that. Yeah. Because this is a huge injustice. Right. And, and there are a lot of things on that level. I mean, we all, we all kind of pick what, what issues we're most passionate about because you can't – you don't have enough rage currency. Yeah. Um, yeah. As a healthy human being, you shouldn't have enough anyway yeah. to sit there and be mad about everything all the time. Yeah. Um, but I have to be careful that just reading the news in general day by day doesn't like raise my ire. That if I'm well, I'm slurping on my coffee. I've already read my Valley of Vision, whatever. I'm I'm just kind of thumbing through. I, I have a e subscription to our local newspaper, and obviously they have national headlines and stuff. So I'll I'll click through, and if I'm like getting mad and like my body's reacting to like anger chemicals, mm-hmm. I just close it all out. I mean, what's the yeah. point? Yeah, it's. I think like my my own reaction to it is is the yardstick for it, yeah. and if. If I'm reading about, you know, what are there, like 379 possible um, Democratic uh, uh, pre- presidential candidates, you know, there's a lot of people. It's a, it's, a, it's like like the Republicans were a year out before the primary started last time around. Right. And I, I think it's interesting to read about this stuff. Yeah. It doesn't make me mad. Um, and so I, I read about it. I'm not worried that it's going to that it's going to affect me, you know, but but if I'm reading about. Um, even even laws that everyone knows aren't going to pass, and they're they're introduced. The bills are introduced to make a statement. Yeah, and they just start making me mad. It, I don't know. Can you think of a reason to keep on engaging with it? If it's not something I can change, if it's right. not something that's probably going to affect anything, you know. Right. Can you? I'm, I'm, I'm not even being rhetorical. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, you know, one of the things that I um, I told this parent was I I got so annoyed with um, – literally annoyed with the election, like, you know, because I would get into it big time. I mean, I – all throughout high school and college, I would um, – debate and argue with people in high school. Um, I, whenever, whenever we had groups that were set up to do mock juries or trials or things like that, I was always the one that they would choose to, to argue and debate because I love doing it and I'm very passionate about it. And, but the reason why I'm like that is because I really get involved in it. And so it's not just, it's not just a logical argument for me. I really get emotionally into it. And, um, you know, that, I mean, that can be good and bad because, um, being emotionally invested in something like that, you know, you can also, um, you know, manipulate others and, and all that stuff. I mean, it's, you know, crazy. And 
I just – for me, getting involved in um, like the presidential elections where they're sitting there talking about all this stuff, you know, and I remember all the promises that were made um, when our current president was, um, you know, uh, in the midst of the debates and all of that stuff. You know, I mean, you look at all of the promises that were broken and, you know, some of them that were kept and, you know, for me, I just – I. I had to look at both candidates and I had to just decide that at that level, I was not comfortable with either option for president. And so, and, and that's what it was, you know, it was like, you, you have this choice or this choice, you know, and I know people are like, well, but there is the other, you know, middleman and blah, blah. And it's like, but not really. I mean, you know, the, it, let's, let's be realistic. That's not really a choice. Um, if it was, one of them would have been president by now. Um, you know, I mean, <laughs> I see you're a cynic just a little. Um, but, but for me, like I was just, you know, um, so emotionally, you know, uh, hating on people on both sides. I was just like, I, I just can't do this. I need to step away from this and just make myself not care. And, and literally once I did that, uh, my, my perspective completely changed in terms of, you know, I can, I can re-engage with people, um, and talk to them as people when I don't have the cloud of, oh, my candidate's great because of this, my candidate, you know, it's like they're, unfortunately it's politics and they're, Either intentionally or unintentionally, they're going to lie to you. You know, I don't. I don't think it's all intentional lying, but um, you know, I think intentionally or unintentionally, they're going to lie to you about something at some point. And you know, it, 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 that's what it is. You know, and so for me, um, I decided that I was going to start focusing on local elections and things that were going on locally, and you know, trying to trying to influence and make more of an impact and difference in my state, in my county, um, than worrying about, you know, what's going on in, in the United States as a whole, because for me, that was setting me off. Um, you know, so, and, and like you said, it's just, it's not worth it at that point. You know, I would rather, you know, Cut that off and and spare some relationships where I can share the gospel with people, then burn that because I have burned those before, unfortunately. You know, I have wasted my gospel credit on politics before. So Yeah. That's that's so common. And and I think a lot of people don't even recognize when they're they're conflating and confusing the two. Yeah. Um and so it, it I, I mean, what do you do, though, if someone hears what you just said and, and answers with, like, uh, well, yeah, sure, it's easier to be apathetic, but then nothing changes and you're supporting the status quo. And what if we were all apathetic all the time? And, and yeah, I, you said you had right. that coach. coach, coach yeah. I, I have a tongue. Um, it's a new tongue. I'm just getting used to it. Um, you said you had to force yourself to not care, right. and I know what you meant. But I, right. I mean, I could I could imagine somebody right. um, who was you know very very passionate about these things. Right. Uh, and and to me, what I would say is from you know from a biblical perspective, I would say no. I don't think I don't think that it's a trigger for everyone. I I'm saying for me, it was a trigger, and until I can learn to control that trigger. Um, and and bring it under Christ's authority and submission that I I am sinning. You know, this is where I would say, you know, where Christ talks about, you know, if your right hand offends you, cut it off. You know, if your if your eyes are causing you to sin, gouge it. Like for me, this is what I had to do in order to not sin. And to me, that's more important than you know my my civic duty um, in this country. Now, hopefully. Um, I hope and pray that one day I will be able to re-engage um, in a way. But until until I can start re-engaging without sinning, I, I'm not going to. 
you know and so what i mean is like it it it's not like i just completely cut myself off and i'm not trying to reengage it's every time i reengage and i get to that point i'm like i i can't do it anymore um you know and I, and I have. I have dealt with people who have said that and that's been my response. And some people are like, well, I disagree with you, blah, 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 blah. And other people are like, oh, that's cool, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like I, – I've got to worry about my relationship with Christ and, and how I'm coming across to others when I present the gospel. And if if you can engage in the political scene and not get to that place where you are you know, damaging – um, your your witness with the gospel, then then more power to you. Like I I hope that people can get to that place, that people can rise up and and even get into politics to make change and difference to the glory of God. And I think there are people who are doing that, and I hope more people can do that. I I can't. I wish I could, but I can't. At least not right now. So. That's that would be my response. All right, my straw man is satisfied with that. <laughs> no red herring for me. That whole thing was a red herring. <laughs> How did you not see that coming? Oh man! So tell me, man, what was the worst and what was the best Super Bowl commercial? Um, Oh man! They, honestly, there were there were tons of worsts. Um, I, I'll tell you what the best one was. The best one was uh, they did this like top one hundred um, football players, and they're all um, sitting at this award ceremony, um, and you know the, the awards are going off, and this one guy's like leaning in to grab a piece of cake, one of the football players, and he drops the football that's on the top of this cake. And uh, somebody yells fumble, and so now all the football players are in trying to, uh, you know, trying to get the football and, and having this game. Uh, to me, that was that was the best one. Uh, they had Joe Montana in it. Tom Brady was in it, of course. You know, so many of these, um, you know, like I said, what they would consider the top 100 players. Uh, and it was just it was a fun commercial. It was really well done. Um, so that's uh, that would have been my best one, and then yeah, the worst one. There were just like I said, there were just so many that I looked at and was like, "This is dumb. This is you know." And and a were lot they of crass, like they have been recently. Not not tons of them because I usually remember those. They were just very unmemorable. You know, I feel like if you're going to invest that much money in a football commercial. Um, it should be something that I remember uh, one way or the other. It should be in my memory. I feel like all of these were just very forgettable. Um, and, and to me, that's what made it, um, uh, you know, that's what just made them so bad was that you just, none of them really stuck with you. I remember, um, I, I do remember one, there was like an Olay commercial, like the, um, you know, like the face cream Olay and, uh, it was like the serial killer was coming through the house and, uh, you know, the the wife was commenting on her beautiful skin and the husband was commenting. And then the serial killer behind her is like, oh, it really is great. Like, it was kind of funny, but it was like that's – again, it was just – a lot of it was just really lame and um, I really didn't remember a bunch of them. Um, but, yeah, the, the best one was definitely the top 100 football one. So if you haven't seen that – Go on YouTube and, and I think it's like top 100 football players um, Super Bowl commercial and take a look at it. It's pretty good. What do you think is the best one you've ever seen? Best one I've ever seen by far. It was – I think it was 2000, the 2002 Super Bowl. It was the very first commercial. It was Budweiser commercial and it was the um, – it was around the time where battle bots were really big. And so this one battle bot comes out of the arena and it's got all the saws and blades and, you know, the blow well, torches. Was the Comedy Central show? Um, Where they would fight each other? You have like yeah, a yeah, yeah. control robots? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was, it was you know, kind of a spinoff of, on that. And then this like rickety old refrigerator comes out and it's like wobbling and creaking and it opens its door and there's a Budweiser inside of it. And 
the hand from like the juiced up robot goes to reach out and this huge metallic mallet comes out from behind the fridge and just starts pounding the thing just over and over and over again. It was just, it was hysterical because the timing of the commercial was just such that you really weren't expecting it. And so it, to me, it was, it was the funniest and most memorable one um, that I've seen. What about you? What, what's one that you've seen that has been really memorable for you? I think my favorite one ever was the, uh, this was probably five or six years ago. There was a Chrysler commercial mm-hmm. with Eminem. Okay. Uh, and it, they were like launching their, um, their new slogan ad campaign uh, imported from Detroit. Okay. And it was, uh, so it was like the, the guitar music from Lose Yourself and he was uh, driving a Chrysler through, through downtown Detroit and then he pulled up to the Fox Theater and went inside and like there was a big like uh, inner city kids choir going and uh, I remember just being like, oh, that was so awesome. And then I was all excited, and then they started showing football again, and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, right. That's that's what's really going on here. <laughs> what's the worst one you've ever seen? Oh, gosh. I feel like there was a few years, like, w- before my kid was born or when he was a, still a baby, we used to – we stopped doing this way back then, but we used to do a sub-sandwich thing. Like, the youth group would make a bunch of sub-sandwiches. We'd sell them after church. Yep. And use the money for camp scholarships for kids. And uh, one year, we had done that, and I guess we were probably breaking the law. Somebody like powered up the thing, and we were watching the TV. And we like it was like a tube TV. This is how long ago it was. We were using the <laughs> the rabbit ears, and, and we nice. tuned it in. And I remember I immediately like turned it off after two or three commercials because they were all way inappropriate. Yeah. And I feel like there was like a year or two where. They were like people thought, you know, what we could do, we could make a commercial, submit it for being, you know, a million dollars a second Super Bowl commercial, and then it'll be so tawdry and gross that they'll reject it. But then we'll be on the morning news shows, and we can go online and be like, look, this was too hot for Super Bowl, but it's still a Super Bowl commercial. Yes, and I do remember that. Viral marketing. Remember that? Yes, I do. Awful year. Because like even the ones that that made it through were were, were super crass. Yeah. I mean, I'm not above laughing at a joke that maybe I even shouldn't. That's right. a little bit, little bit blue. Right. But these were just gross, and 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 you watch and go, come on. Yeah. You know, have some class. Yeah. This this thing is supposed to be this all American. Families, fathers and sons can watch it together. The kids can be there. Everybody, the families can do this. Yeah. And you're, and this is what you want to show us. This is what, this is what in your mind represents an all American, you know, event like yeah. the Super Bowl. And it was, to me, it was a really a sad yardstick, but I feel like that kind of came and went. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, like you said, it was almost like a fad that happened for a few years. And I don't even know that it was much beyond three years. Maybe maybe you do. But I think it was like that three-year period. And then, yeah, like you said, it was done. Um, but uh, let me ask you this. Uh, so Super Bowls you've watched, uh, best halftime show you remember? I don't, I don't want to say. Are you going to judge me? No. I think. I really thought Lady Gaga. Was that last year or the year before? Uh, I think it was the year before. I think uh, Justin Timberlake was last year. Holy smokes. I thought it was great. I don't uh-huh. like Lady Gaga. I don't have any of her CDs or anything. And yeah. I know that sounds dated, but I still listen to CDs. But, like, I don't know. I, I, I was. I think maybe because my expectations were so low. Yeah. I was like, what? Like, you have a dumb name. I know she's like a wannabe Madonna mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. And and then she started, and I'm like, oh, I know that song. Oh, I know that song. I didn't know that was her. And then and like she had like all these theatrics, and she was like way up on a you know way up in the sky and all yeah. this stuff. And I was I was just kind of like, wow, this is American Excess uh, at its most entertaining. Yeah, yeah. No, I I think that one was. Um, I, I agree with you. I think that was a good one. I I wouldn't say that it was one that I thought was uh, my favorite. I actually really liked the one, I think it was four years ago that Bruno Mars did. Um, I really enjoyed that one. I mean, part of that, I really enjoy Bruno Mars. I think he's a great singer. Uh, You know, kind of that poppy, 
just, you know, really talented. So that one I really enjoyed. But I, I agree with you. I think that was definitely um, definitely in one of my favorites over the past several years. So um, I'm not going to go too far back, but uh, kind of worst one in recent memory, excluding the Janet Jackson, Justin Timberlake one. Oh, that was going to be mine. That was going to be mine. Um, well, I understand this year's was horrible. I, I feel... You gotta, you gotta refresh my memory. I mean, I've seen most of these things, and I've been underwhelmed by almost every one. So remind me. So uh, you know, like I said, I think Justin Timberlake was last year. I think like three years ago, it was um, uh, what's her name? Um, oh, come on, it's escaping me. Katy Perry. I think she was like Katy Perry. I didn't see that one, but that was my least favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Actually, I was going to say that one was, um, I think that one was my least favorite out of, uh, you know, it, it's funny because I was at the Super Bowl party and we were talking about them and everybody immediately went to the Janet Jackson, Justin Timberlake. And it's like, that that one's just so obvious though. Uh, that was the most emotionally scarred right. what that was. Yes. But yeah, I, I think Katy Perry's was... Um, she she it was just really weird like she was dressed up in like this weird like um almost like star like silver space clothing and like she was riding this huge lion and oh uh, i do remember this i did see that yeah it, i was just like this is just so weird no but you know what was my my least favorite actually this is going back 5 years or maybe more okay um Probably more because I, this is when my I was there was a brief time when I was sharing uh, my wife's home office before we realized that was a bad idea um, <laughs> because she actually works from home. That's this was her office office, whereas right. for me it was like where I like dinked around and wanted to chat. But right. uh, I remember like um, watching the the halftime show with Beyonce. And thinking, oh, gosh, yeah. that was a real disaster. And my, and that was like the opposite, right? Like with Lady Gaga, my expectations were low. Right. And it exceeded them. With Beyonce, my expectations were through the roof, and it wasn't good. And yeah. then when somebody like posted all those like uh, stills yes. like where she was I – mean, and, and granted, I mean she's a very lovely lady, and anyone who's exerting themselves – with all those, you know, kicks and crazy dance moves and stuff, yeah, you're going to be able to find them pulling weird faces. But, like, that kind of painted it after the fact and made it even worse. Right. And, uh, I, yeah, I think that was that was the one with, like, I'm, I'm again, there was no wardrobe malfunction except the initial selection of right. all this, like, skin-tight leather and really, really revealing stuff. And I'm like, again, guys – this is a thing for kids and adults alike. This yeah. isn't this isn't where you're supposed to, uh, you know, try and use sex to right. sell. I don't know what you're even trying to sell. We're already watching the Super Bowl. We're yeah. already doing the thing you want us to do. Right? Yeah. Exactly. You you've got a captive audience. No questions asked. So, yep, yep. Let me ask you, um, favorite party that you can remember attending. I have been to very few. I'd probably say I've been to between seven and ten Super Bowl parties in my 40 years. Okay. Um, my favorite one would have to be when I was a kid. We went over to some friends from church, and most of the people from, from church were there. And there were three or four guys my age. Mm -hmm. And we kind of went back and forth between like hanging out in – the the kid who lived there's room and and you know just chatting and playing video games yep. and then kind of coming back out loading our plates back up with more dip and chips and junk food yep. watching a little more of the game checking the score watching a couple commercials going back in and I remember I remember that being an incredibly fun time and the next year asking hey are they having that party again and being super disappointed when the answer was no no one's doing a party this year yeah yeah nice I will tell you nice. one guy from my church when I uh, texted everybody and said, uh, bad news, I'm not going to be able to host this, uh, wrote back, uh, that's fine uh, by me because I have to be at my house for a Super Bowl party that I'm apparently hosting. <laughs> 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 uh, so, yeah, I think that's a lot of people feel that maybe the obligation from friend groups, spouses, whatever. 
Yeah. Yeah. What about you? What's what's the best party? Um, so the best one that I can remember uh, was my senior year of college. Actually, I was interning at the youth group, and one of the wealthier families in the church, huge home, invited the entire youth group over to watch it at their house. So what they had done was kind of set everything up up on their third floor where they had this climbing wall that the kids could use. They had like video games set up in one room where kids could play in. And then they had like the TV on the other end of the house that uh, kids who wanted to watch. And then like kind of in the center of everything was just four or five of those like long uh, plastic fold-up tables of food, just pizza, wings, chips, dessert, like just everything. And it was kind of like what you were talking about where, you know, there was just – there was a bunch of stuff going on. And so you you were just having a good time regardless of whether you were watching the game, playing a couple video games, jumping on the, the climbing wall that they had, you know, whatever you were doing, you were just – you were having a good time and, um, you know, just a fun, uh, fun experience. So – I feel like I enjoy uh, those experiences that aren't necessarily specifically tied to the, you know, the Super Bowl. Things where a lot of other stuff is going on and the game is fun and you're getting together and you're rallying together at certain points. You're, you know, you're, you're in there when a big touchdown happens and, and those things are great. But like when you can kind of duck out and do a couple other things and hang out with some other people um, – you know, I, I really enjoy those moments and experiences. Well, and all of my favorite, uh, like, like I, I can't stir up. I'm not, I'm not NFL guy. I can't stir up interest in a team that I have no connection with, and be like, all right, this is the one I'm rooting for, and I'm, I care strongly about this. Like, right. like how I have to struggle not to care strongly about every uh, headline. I, I, I wouldn't be able to stir up enough. And so my favorite Super Bowls that I've watched have actually been the ones where the Lions have played, which is none. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe maybe that's why I don't really care so much. Uh, so we got to make sure the Lions get in there and then you might kind of care? I, I would absolutely. That would be – I can't even imagine what would be the, the tenor and the, the vibe uh, throughout the uh, the high five up here, if if the Lions ever made it to the Super Bowl, but I know that I will never find out. So it's just it's moot speculation at this point. Oh man, that's funny, man, dude. Well, this was good. I you know we uh, I kind of f- finished the original round of talking about the Super Bowl and everything within twenty minutes, and was like, man, how are we going to burn some more time? So I threw out the whole State of the Union stuff and. Oh, no need to tell me. I was there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to keep our feud going low-key under the surface. <laughs> that way, when we have a really hot topic, we can bring it right out again, huh? Yeah, you know, the, the ire will still be fresh. <laughs> oh, man, dude. All right, well, you know, just uh, again, reminder to our listeners, next week um, is Valentine's Day on the 14th, Thursday the 14th. Uh, Zach, we talked about it. We're going to try to do our best to record, um, you know, at some point. I will say, um, I can't remember if I said this on air or just off air to you. I've started master's classes, um, trying to further my education. And, um, you know, I, I very busy schedule. We are going to try to do a recording next week. But if we don't, don't worry, folks. We haven't dropped off the face of the planet. We will definitely be back the 21st for a recording once again with Mike Callahan from uh, Building Hope Ministries. So, um, Zach, this was a lot of fun. Um, Until next time, we just rock the Casbah. These go to 11.